Welcome back to The Pipe, the practical youth pastor. I'm your host, Chris Holland, along with Steve. Steve Johnson. That's the first time in any of these podcasts you Did didn't you? actually use like an effeminate voice. Well, because I figured you had that covered. So I don't even know what your real voice sounds like. Nobody does, but it's provocative. I'll tell you that much. I'm just Why don't you introduce our two guests? Well, so, let me introduce one. Yeah, you introduce one. We've got intern Kyle here. Used to be the only one. Now he's one of like eight. That's right. <laughs> Kyle, but why don't you introduce your guest? I'm Kyle. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Then we have Alex slash Alexi. Hey, Alex. Welcome. Hey, Chris. <laughs> um, okay, so today's topic, here's what we're talking about. I think this is like, other than like romance in youth ministry, this is probably the second perceived enemy, quote quotation marks, Perceived enemy of youth ministry, and it is secular humanists. <laughs> no, it is sports. So, how can youth? It's just this topic that we constantly are dealing with is you want kids to show up to your events or you want to disciple kids, and the thing that gets in the way of it is sports. Like, what do you, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So let me frame this for you. Idolatry. There, okay. frame. Could be, potentially. Agreed. Could no, be. No, not could be. It is. Agreed. You're a basketball coach. I am a club basketball coach, which is even worse. So, oh my, extracurricular. Yeah. That's the people that come to the idol factory and are, make the idols. Those are the dads that want a second shot at it all, that <laughs> pretend it's for a college scholarship. <laughs> Speaking of which, the other night, you know what I was waiting on the whole night? What were you waiting on, Chris? You to actually play a dadgum sport. I walked around and I made relationships uh, happen. I, I talked to people. No, no, I, I think that you have an insecurity with playing sports in front of people. Nope. I had an insecurity that I didn't feel like I brought anything to the table. You and your army of interns ran that sucker, and I just walked around and mumbled into a microphone every now and then. That was my insecurity. Well, I mean, insecurity was rightly placed, but I, I'm still thinking I wanted to see you shoot the ball, coach. Uh, well. Or hit the hit the Hit the, pig hit the skin. volleyball. Hit the pigskin? What is what are volleyballs They're made, not made out, out of? They're not made out of pigskin. Not pigskin. Yeah, Chris. What are they made out of? Rubber, bruh? No, it's, it's got to be some kind of leather. Like it's like squishy. pleather. It's like, plastic leather. Lo, like uh, glove leather. Like the Same thing as Kyle's gosh. pants. Pleather. Glove leather. It's probably yep. what those are made out of. The sneakers. Before we finish podcast, <laughs> I would like one of those shirts, by the way. Chris just gestured to one of his many, many... <laughs> shirt that he has. I don't have any two XLs. So here's what, here's the scenario. <laughs> here's the scenario. I'm shutting down. No, no. Finish the podcast by yourself. Okay. Here's the, at 410 we will. So here's, here's, here's the scenario. You show up to youth group on a Wednesday night. Y'all can speak into this too. Please do. And, um, and I'm going to introduce why you're here in a minute, but you show up on Wednesday night and you're like, Hey, we got camp coming up. Really love for all of you to go to camp. You go around and you're just hobnobbing while the kids are eating their sack lunches at your youth group because you don't pay for lunch or for dinner for your kids. And so they're eating their sack lunches, going through their hummus and, you know, their gluten-free Did you guys sandwiches. take 12 kids to camp or how many <laughs> did you guys take to camp? 800. So it's one of these. So, and you talk to Johnny Football, mm -hmm. the one kid who probably needs to go hear the gospel a lot. Why? Why do you assume that? Because he's athletic? 
That's exactly why I assume that. So he needs that. So, <laughs> no. So you talk to Johnny Football. He's never at anything. He's he's always, you know, just he he's always at thing, events that happen that are fun, but he's never there for spiritual, serious spiritual growth or mm. involvement. And you're like, hey, Johnny, dude, I would love for you to come to camp. And Johnny says, oh, dude, I'd really love to come, but I've got I've got sports. What do you think, Lexi? What would you say? Well, I know that I was once <laughs> in that position. Oh, I yeah. don't know if I needed it as badly as you he played did. girl sports. I did. I play a sport in college. What kind? I run track. I pole vault. You ever met a pole vaulter oh. before? I hadn't. Not really. You when, pole vault? When Amanda said you were pole vaulting, I was like, what? I just needed to throw another sport in the mix. I'd already yeah. tried them all. Good for you. So Pretty Kyle's much. soccer. You're a pole vault. Er. A pole vault. You'll wheel pole vault. Er. Chris, what sport did you play when you were a child? Uh, chess. You serious? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the chess team. You were just. I played basketball for a time, but I was really good at warming the pine. What, is, what does that mean? <laughs> warming the pine? Never Riding the bench. Your Never butt warms that. up. The, Don't the, help the, him out anymore. Ride the pine, you know? So what? So so. Okay, back to your scenario. So, I sacrificed sports in my life to follow Christ. Did you? No. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. It's probably pretty neat that, from the Holy Spirit perspective, that you chose not to exercise a gift that you were never given. I that's think that's right. big. So, um, is a your little Jewish boy from a little horse farm? Oh, I don't know what any of that means. Are those <laughs> that's, euphemisms? That's right. You'd think my name would be Geppetto. Your last name's not. Holland. How are you Jewish? German Jew. Really? Yeah, truly. Mm-hmm. Promise me? Yeah, on my dad's side. My dad, yeah. Hmm. Well. Does that affect sports? Mazel tov. It's just the ones that <laughs> take... Jews make really good sports managers, but they rarely do. are they very good at the Super actual Super good sports. agents, announcers. Dealing with money. Max Scherzer's a pitcher, so I don't know if that helps at all. So um, your question is, how do you engage that kid who, who's, whose parents have decided to send him the message that sports are the most important thing? Well, it's funny that you go straight to parents. Well, yeah. It's weird, huh? Why'd you it's, do that? Well, it's almost like kids are raised. <laughs> by parents. Are it's they? almost like their worldview. I know that you would love to just think that the island of youth ministry is the first, last, and only line of defense, to quote the <laughs> men in black, but it's actually not. It's an additive to what mom and dad are doing, and yeah. it's probably a fourth or fifth level of defense. Yeah. But, uh, as the great Vadi Bakum once said, someone who I'm sure you will dismiss as being too hardcore, uh, he pointed out a story one time that there was a kid. Check this out, Kyle. I'll tell you a story. And this kid, his parents came to Vadi. And they're like, we don't understand. Our kid's not walking with Christ. It's the craziest thing. All he all he wants to do is is play basket or play baseball in college and then party. And it turns out when Vadi started asking the parents, like, well, well, tell me about how you raised him. And they're like, well, he was in church every single sun- Sunday unless there was a um, you know a tournament or a game. And, um, again, he was always in youth group, but, but, you know, we, yeah, if, if there was no baseball going on and the funniest thing was, is the parents realized, didn't realize that they had taught him that church is super important unless it conflicts with baseball. 
So when he gets to college, all he did was follow what they taught him, and it made him a pagan. And he didn't think that was fair. And ultimately, it's not fair because mom and dad didn't realize they were prepping themselves for this the whole time. Mm. What do you think, Chris? Do I agree? Are you saying do you do I agree or disagree with Vody? Yeah, Vody. But yeah, I mean, you don't you don't have to church it up. <laughs> How did I church it up by saying his name the right way? <laughs> <laughs> He's a delightful person. He is, but that story, what do you think about it? I'm not really interested in if you like um Vody. No, no, I think logically that totally makes sense. I mean, but the the question I think the question that you have to answer as a youth pastor, an ordained director or whatever leader is how do you how do you engage that question? I, I mean, I think it's a quandary that youth groups have been dealing with for a ton of years. Um do you fight the battle of, hey, I want to ask you to sacrifice that sports time to go on a youth trip? Or to be involved in youth ministry. But once again, that presupposes that the child is ultimately making the decision. And to some degree, by and large in our culture, I think they are. Allow me to tell you this. As, you know, I'm bivocational. So yeah, my full-time job that. as a marketer, one of the important things <laughs> that you have to do is you have to ask to speak to the decision maker. Oh, yeah. Right? Because if you're just talking to a receptionist, well, that's fine. It's not nothing, but it's not going to get you to the decision maker. So if you're talking to a kid about camp, yeah, would you not be wiser to engage mom and dad? Or do you not have the relationships with mom and dad the same way? Well, I definitely ask the question in an open-ended sense. So depending on the scenario. Okay. So if you look at, I'm assuming, um, there are or I know that there are different types of youth ministries. Mm-hmm. So you'll have some that are more in the line of Vadi Bakham that are more family-based only, family-only youth ministries. And the idea of a youth minister is something that's that's totally outside of the, the realms of Scripture. Okay. Is that fair? He would say youth ministry is Probably. a wasted position in a church. Maybe. So, I don't know. I can't speak No, I think that. he would. I've read him. I've what did him you say. read of him? Tons of stuff. Oh, just name one. <laughs> Kyle, what do you think? Let's talk when to he, Kyle. Okay, he's debating uh, Kastenbacher <laughs> on the idea of youth ministry on a public article. I didn't mean to hit a nerve. God, no, it's fine. I'm sorry. So it's, hey, You called me 2XL fat, so <laughs> maybe this is just kind of how I come back at you. I was just having fun. Now you're aiming was it? below you the belt. You know that I struggle with my weight. <laughs> sorry, I just said below the belt, which is like your belly. So it's one of those things where... It's <laughs> now you're looking at me. You're I am scanning you're like, you, Chris. How can I judge this guy? Chris, I'm scanning you. <laughs> so, what's funny is if anybody is a consistent listener, they're like, whoa, <laughs> somebody kicked someone's dog or said something bad about their wife. <laughs> when in reality, so last Wednesday, talk- we did a joint youth we ministry. We did. Thing, Chris and I are friends. And we had a great time. He doesn't usually come at me ad hominemly, but today he is. I felt like you turned it up to 12. I just I asked you if I could down. have a free t-shirt and you're like, you're fat. So I, I guess, I guess you're gonna have to walk me through how I engaged I'm in sorry. all of this. I'm sorry. Hey, will you forgive me? No, Chris, not ready yet. I'm sorry, but it's okay. Forgiveness is between you and the Lord, not between you yeah. and me. He's no, it's between no, us. No, you, It's fine. You have to have that reconciliation, but let me finish. So I, I would say that in that, in that idea, that philosophy of youth ministry, mm-hmm. if you don't believe in the idea of youth ministry, but rather your idea, like the programmatic youth ministry or traditional youth ministry model, then I wouldn't be even having that conversation with a parent. That 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 uh, venue wouldn't even exist. So you think it's an either or? 
either it's family driven or the family doesn't have anything to do with no, it? No, I think there's tons of halfway family integrated models is a really great model that Wes Andrews, one of our previous guests did. And I think he did that really effectively for his context. Mm-hmm. I think you have other contexts that are inner city where the family model family uh, group is just totally broken down where it's more of an, um, an, uh, an orphanage type ministry where you're taking care of people that, that they're not, their families are not involved in the church and you're in a sense adopting them into the, the fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of like what um, D.L. Moody did when he would take kids into saloons on Sundays and developing Sunday school and Sunday mornings. His saloons were out, but he was taking these, these kids that didn't have families and ministering to them. So I think there's all kinds of models of youth ministry through history and time that you can see. Let me ask you this. I don't mean to divide the table because I know that Alexis and I go to non-denom churches, but you and Kyle go to a PCA church yeah. that is by creed covenantal. Absolutely. So what does it look like in this conversation? Because we're going to use the sports thing as a jumping off point, a catalyst, if you will. But within a covenantal community, yeah, what might this conversation look like? What do you think, Kyle? I think you didn't want to answer the question, uh, so you threw it to me. Yeah. I'll, okay, I'll answer. You can't play Kyle for no With, chunk. No, I think within a covenantal community, you do see ton. How old were the disciples when they started following Jesus? That sounds like a red herring. No, no, how old were they? <laughs> they were all about nine years old, according to the message, which is where I read my devotionals. That is a load of doo-doo. Well... So I'd like to know where he got his data from. Chris, no, I but think you're getting away from the point. <laughs> that is, you're a youth minister inside of a covenantal community. No, no, and you're I like, how say, do these pieces fit? No, is, there a, is there a spiritual programmatic precedent set by, set by our Lord Jesus Christ to take teenagers outside no. of the family unit no, there, you're and right, to minister not. and disciple? You're right, there's not. No, I think there is, because the disciples, in all indication of history, were teenagers. I don't remember reading that. Where did you get that? See, this is what happens if you don't show prep and you hang out at lunch until way after we're supposed to record. I'm sorry to our listeners. I was 15 minutes He was more than late. 15. Okay, so back to the 15 thing. minutes late. So so your whole basis. Justo Gonzalez, History this? of the Church. Read that. That's where I got that information. Really? Justo Gonzalez. It's right on my bookshelf. It's probably bookmarked. But you got I had to write, right. write a paper so, on it. In so he's saying, seminary class he's saying <laughs> historically the disciples were Teenagers. We're around teenagers, P- Peter being the oldest of all of them. So he was, may not have been a teenager, but he was just above it in the, maybe the 15th grade. Based on, again, where's where's Eustace Hernandez? Justo Gonzalez. Where's he a, getting this from? He's a Princeton graduate. I mean, mm-hmm. he's incredibly intelligent. So he's historian. a first century church father, is what you're saying. <laughs> no. So, but here, here are my point. I'm saying I think that's a really great biblical example of how an older person within the church, historically around 30, started to minister and fulfill Titus 2 before Titus 2 was even written, Mm -hmm. but create a precedent and a model for how to minister to younger people within the church. So I I think that, yeah, you can easily pull from the Scripture and see it clearly. Okay, Jesus was a youth minister. Jesus did that ministry. This is really, really out there. I'm just saying. I'm going to turn over to Alexis. I want to know what she thinks about Jesus being a youth minister. Well, you're putting on the grind, and I'm just producing a really great flavorful lemonade. Brother, I had no idea how sensitive you were going to be today. I apologize. (laughs) I'll step back. We'll just have some good, safe content. For our five listeners today, <laughs> Chris, what do you think? I just about wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about sports. No, and I like that. I just think it's important <laughs> that we realize what, like, sports is a problem, but yeah. but how how can it be addressed? And it really happens. Yeah, yeah. Your you're philosophy right. is how you're going to address that, 
right? Because otherwise, all right, let me just give yeah, you this. Yeah, yeah, no, I Let's agree. say you're, you're, you're a, a youth ministry in stinking California, okay, or Phoenix, Arizona, what have you, or up yeah. the road. Right. And what you're going to possibly do based off your philosophy is say, well, let's ratchet up the entertainment. Can I outfund this kid's basketball team? And if I can outfund them, yeah. then I can have them. And Some that's not who, do that. That, yes, and that's not who we are. So it is actually pertinent, despite your almost alarming sensitivity, that your <laughs> philosophy is the perfect tool in this conversation. So that's the only reason that I bring that up. Yeah, but I would say you're assuming incorrectly that that's what everyone does. That's one option. You can ramp up your entertainment. You can try to make it appear as more attractive than what it actually is. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, I think a real youth pastor, youth ministry program is really wants to connect kids with things that are really uh, truly heartfelt and real. So Right, and I agree with you, but what if at home the pressure is to go do that other thing? And then I think you don't violate what the parents have for the kids, and you have to trust in God's sovereignty and his will for that kid's life. I also think a good youth so pastor— Now you're reformed. <laughs> no, I think a good youth leader um, is, is engaged. I mean, you said it a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was really great that— um, Olive Branch here. <laughs> no, <laughs> All right, well, I'll accept it. I, ca I can't remember the content of what we we're or the subject at the time. As you can tell, viewers, we bounce around a lot. But um, you said no. I go to games to hang out with parents mm. and to build relationship with parents. I think that's a fantastic way to flesh out a philosophy that integrates families. Mm -hmm. Because if if you can't speak clearly to parents, um. And, and But part of your job or your calling is to engage with students um, for the glory of God. If you can't engage with their parents on what's going on with their student because you have an issue with talking to other adults or their parents or their authority figure, then you got a serious problem. That's something you need to grow in really quickly. But, um, but no, I, I wouldn't undermine a parent's responsibility uh, unless it was abusive or it was... Um, doing a, some serious spiritual and emotional damage to their kids that I didn't think was um, if we didn't step in. And I hear you. And, I, and and hopefully you understand as someone that respects greatly your philosophy, I thought I was lobbing you softballs. I didn't realize that they were hitting you like water <laughs> balloons. I want to throw it to the only collegiate athlete at the table, Lexi. <laughs> How did you come to compete at the highest level of, an, of amateur sports whilst also being discipled by your parents in your church. What did that look like? We're speaking yeah. metaphor or like philosophically, but what, what did it really look like back in your day? Back in my day. Um, Way back. Can you hear me? When you were a teenager. Yeah. Way back to right now. To right <laughs> I now. I am a teenager. She's 18. So yeah. um, well, so sports have been a part of my life forever, but my parents always, it was always a priority. Like I wasn't going to miss I mean, occasionally there was a Sunday here and then we had tournaments, but in like tra uh, gymnastics meets and stuff. But, and I wanted to go to youth group on Wednesdays. Like I would get, I would, and my mom, she drove me everywhere I needed to be, but like I would go to practice, leave early, go to youth group. Like that was a priority for me because I never really. Let me pause you there because this could be good for our listeners who want practical answers. What was it about youth group that you did not want to miss? My community that I had there that wasn't at school. I Most of my friends did not go to my church. So mm -hmm. when I switched schools and the school I went to after the school, after Bayshore, um, it was not a private Christian school like I was used to. And so my friends were great, but they weren't believers and or the majority of them weren't. And so 
the only community that I had that was like pushing me, like my small group, they were at church and I knew that I only got to see them once or twice a week and I was going to make that a priority. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved my youth pastor and just like being around people that love the Lord too. Um, So I always made that a priority. And then um, when sports got more serious and I realized I could do it in college, that never dampened like how important going to church was for me. And so um, I actually interned at my church my senior year, and they, like, worked with me because they were, like, we un- – like, they knew that sports were important to me, but I they also knew, like, obviously faith and my relationship with the Lord is important, so they are going to push me in that too and keep me accountable there. Um, but I think, like, acknowledging, like, yes, we're all given God-given t- – like, we have the talents that God's given us in some of that sports, school, whatever it is. And so acknowledging, like, yeah, we ag- like we agree that that's important to you, but also your relationship with the Lord and, like, what eternity looks like for you is even more important. So, like, yeah, we're going to encourage you and support you to do sports, but also we're going to push you even further when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. And both are important, but one of them just exceeds importance. And so just point. constantly throughout high school – I was pushed in both ways. And more of, like, with sports, I put pressure on myself, so my parents didn't really – they were, like, hands-off with mm-hmm. that because um, I put plenty of pressure on myself already. Um, but when it came to faith, that's when they – they pushed me a lot more in that direction throughout all of high school. Well, and something that should be pointed out, too, is this young lady who's talking to us uses a pole <laughs> to fire herself up into the air <laughs> really high. So, I mean, obviously, that's something that's taken a lot of practice. So you're not casual in it. What would you... I, I don't know, because Alex is pretty <laughs> dang athletic naturally. She probably went out there, Give me, oh, pole, over that. You yeah, got it. Well, I was a gymnast, so <laughs> yeah, I, I picked it up. I started that. my junior year, and I was able to pick it up pretty fast. Honestly, it was the Lord. I don't <laughs> no, know how else I, I would have done that. And it I think Jesus. You raised me up. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, that is pretty impressive, but it just almost no one does D1 athletics, so that's what I was saying. Chris, have you recovered emotionally to take back over this podcast? <laughs> yes, I have, Steve. And <laughs> just we're in go, time for the ending We're going to answer that question that I asked earlier um, in our next episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Yep. Of course. Alex, Kyle, Thanks Steve, as always. <laughs> This is one of those I thought was going to be a burner. Just like, man, I was going to listen to it. I think it's been the most entertaining one for me. I'm <laughs> so nervous. Let's get them ratings. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for joining us. Come back next time. We're going to continue this conversation about sports.